Hey, this is Max, and welcome to the Ronin System Podcast. Today, I got another special guest. It's Bilal. He's the founder of QuickSesh. Bilal, why don't you tell us about yourself and about QuickSesh? Hey, uh, yeah, so as you just said, my name is Bilal. Um, I'm the founder of QuickSesh, and it's a marketplace that gets people connected to like uh, resolve their computer issues at any time and in any place. So how I would like to describe it is like a, a Uber, but for like computer issues. So, okay. and that's pretty much how I came up with the idea. I was looking for some extra money on Uber. Um, <laughs> but like, I wanted something to use like, like computer wise, because, you know, okay. I graduated with like a MIS degree and uh, couldn't find anything online. So uh, built it pretty much. What's, what's MIS? Uh, management information systems. So basically a degree uh, that quote unquote, the gap between business and IT. But it so happened I just went down the IT route, luckily. Like, it was all just based off chance. Okay. That's, I've actually never heard of MIS. But, that, that I mean, so quick such, you know, it's like that kind of Uber, but for, like, computers, essentially, right. right? So, like, how exactly, is it like an app? Yeah, right now, it's just a web app. So, like, a web uh, app. Okay. yeah, so people can go on quicksesh.io. And they can, you know, submit any issues they're having or anything like that. And someone will get back with them. They can either, um, we have an option to, we can either call you, email you, or text you, uh, just whatever the user's preference is. And we can get, uh, you know, in contact with them. So, okay. So is it the same as Uber where it's kind of like, um, I guess like they're quote unquote contractors or something? Yeah, it's similar in that sense, but with us, what we do since, you know, dealing with computers and people's, you know, uh, just information, we, mm-hmm. we like people can sign up to become like a, a quote unquote IT professional or IT freelancer, but there's like a vetting process we go through. So we go through like a background check to make sure that no one is uh, necessarily um, has, has a clean record in the digital space. So no like identity fraud or anything like that. Uh, then after that, they have a, uh, a a test that is derived from all industry best practices. It's a test of, I think, 40 uh, questions, and they have to get a 90% to go on to the third phase. And that is a, a mock-up, uh, like, case study where um, they do a screen record. They basically talk it over like they're just talking to someone. And then one of our uh, people um, will look it over. And if it's going well, it went well, then they'll get access to, you know, uh, like bid or like talk to people about their issues. Interesting. So like, I, I assume there's like a review system as well. So like oh, when yeah. they do these things, mm-hmm. um, for these people, like, I, I guess, is it, cause the only thing I'm really thinking about is mm-hmm. like, kind of like the Uber system or like yeah. even related to like, maybe like DoorDash or something mm-hmm. where it's like that food delivery service where these, these people, they come in they they get, you know, verified and they get, you know, yeah. All this all this stuff that get contracted up. Um like do they are they staying or are they or are they just like purely like freelancing and then eventually, you know, they just like they up and leave or like yeah, yeah. yeah. So they so, have an intent to stay. Uh I mean, yeah, so it's um technically I mean they're not employed under me. So like anyone can just register online and if they pass, uh they can they're basically uh, freelancer at that point. So, um, they're able to like log on and work issues as frequently as they like, but with the rating system, like you said, so we, uh, 
they have a rating system. It's a minimum of 3.8 that they have to keep. So if they drop under 3.8 once, then it's uh, a like a provision that they have on their account. So like if um, if they don't get that back up after uh, on, on top of a 3.8 within a week, then their account will be uh, disabled, and then they will have to talk to us to get it back up and running. If you know if uh, there's a a sound reason. Like if, if it's like continuously, like two times they get like a one, for instance, of a review because just bad work, then they will lose rights to uh, be an IT professional at that point. So it's, okay. uh, it's more strict in that, in that aspect of it, just because it's dealing with computers and not like, um, I mean, food is pretty important too, but like computers, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like, I feel like if someone, if someone uh, has your computer, they can fuck you over way more than if someone has your food, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, even with the food, you could just you could just blame the the restaurant and be like, "Hey, I don't want this anymore." <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Can't really do computer. Um, now, also on top of that, is there an option for them to be like, I guess, hired in? Like, how how big is the the actual company? Uh, I, I literally started it. Well, I've developed like right now some beta, so it's not a lot of people working. Oh, okay, okay. So it's me, uh, and I have two contractors that I hired underneath me. They're working. Um, for like one, one of them is a customer support person. So anytime someone has an issue, they will um, email us at like info at quicksearch.io and he will handle it. And the other person, uh, she is more of like, she helps me develop, uh, kind of develop code a little bit, but she's more of like the um, front end of it. She helps me like with developing like uh, the views of it pretty much. And uh, so it's only them two because like, um, I started coding this about two years ago and okay. yeah, and I'm self-taught in code. I went to like an online boot camp, figured that out and just developed this. And, um, so from that, uh, I've been, you know, been doing everything slowly. Like I've been offered like investment money. Like right now I'm, I'm zero investment at all. Like I've been doing everything like out of pocket and like, it's been, it's been, it's been difficult in the sense of like, I work a nine to five and then after that I work on quick sesh until like I start like generating money in the sense of like, I can quit my job. But until then, I mean, until then, like, it's all right. Like I moved to Denver for this reason, just to work on this. Cause I originally, originally born in Kuwait, but then I moved from Kuwait to Memphis, Tennessee. So it was, um, but, but being in the South, I knew that I couldn't grow my company. Like I couldn't excel in, in IT, I guess the way I would want to, um, just because like I would go to like these different startup meetings just to like get an idea of what I should build and everything like that. And they were, um, it wasn't, it, it was just outdated. Like all the stuff they were talking about was way outdated. And my brother lived in Denver at the time. And I would come out to Denver to visit him and go to like these different like entrepreneurs, startup like uh, meetups. And I'll learn it. I'll learn so much on the spot. And I was like, okay, I need to move out. And, and that was probably a difficult time just because like I was making decent money in Memphis, Tennessee. Like it's, it's not a, Memphis isn't a, uh, like the cost of living is super low. Like my mom, she has a house in the suburbs and it's, it's two, it's two stories. It has an in-ground pool with a water slide and a diving board. There's three bedrooms, two and a half baths. And it's like 120,000, you know, it's not that. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, so like, and I was making like 80,000 a year at the time in Memphis. So like life was good, you know, like cost of living isn't that high. I was making a lot of money at the time. 
and uh and um I just risked it. I just had to come out here. Like I just knew if like the money was good, don't get me wrong, but I, I had a fear that, you know, like five, 10 years down the line, if I wanted to leave Memphis and like go to, to like somewhere in the West coast or East coast and someone look at my resume, they were like all this stuff that dudes know is like 10 years old. Like no one's used to this. So like I, I had to risk it pretty young. Well, not pretty young. I was like 20, 24, 25. So I mean, even, even figuring it out at that point, because, yeah. you know, it's, I, I don't, I don't want to say you're, you're lucky because obviously it's hard work and obviously mm-hmm. it is a big risk to move out there, but you know, you're right. It's the West coast. Cause I, I live here in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's, yeah. I mean, it's still like a t- 11, 12 hour drive from Memphis, but it's pretty much the same, you know, like yeah. I've been to those startup meetings. I've been to those same sessions and like the amount of, of, it knowledge in this yeah. area is is obviously it's not i wouldn't i wouldn't say lacking because mm-hmm. obviously these guys are smart they know what they're doing but it's just it's not as expansive i guess yeah you know, like as out in the west coast or like no, in exactly. denver where exactly you know but like with the the whole investment thing mm-hmm. was that your decision not to do it like not to be um, invested in somewhat like so when i was working on the code you know i was like you know, going on, um, like just different forms to figure out, you know, what the next steps and like the biggest next step was like getting investment. And like, I got an email once cause I posted something on Reddit just to get advice about like investments and stuff like that. And, um, someone reached out as an investment firm that wanted to invest. And that was like early doors when I, when all, all I had, was like this bullshit business plan not even a financial projection. Like my code was just like bare bones, not even like a working like app yet. And uh, they reached out, uh, they saw what I was doing with the, with the, with the plan and everything. And they offered me $150,000 for like 50%. And at the time I was like, man, that's a lot of money, but it's 50%. Yeah, exactly. And that's what mom, and I talked to my mom a lot just because my mom, she like, I, I credit her for the way I am just because, uh, Man, she's one tough woman, man. But uh, she, I talked to her, talked to her about it just because I was just like, that's a lot of money, and I know if I if I accept it, like I could not worry about moving to Denver. I could literally just accept it, stay here, um, and just work on it, and just like build it up. But she was like, look, you're not even asking for investment, and someone offered you one hundred fifty thousand dollars. So I was like, just keep doing what you're doing. You're gonna get you're gonna get offered more, and that's what I kept doing. I just kept doing it. Like I'm not a code wizard at all. Like I didn't learn, I didn't, I don't, I didn't know how to do the things before I did it. Like I built a messaging, like in-app messaging, I built the in-app ticketing system, built that from scratch. I didn't even use like a, a backend API or anything like that. But before I started doing it, I didn't know how to do it until I actually did it. But, um, so I just kept grinding and just kept getting it to where it's at today. And then a few months ago, uh, someone, an investment firm hit me up, um wanting just to have a meeting so i met with them and it was it was a good dude it, it was like a good meeting the dude was really impressed because he was he was th- he was telling me 90 percent of his portfolio and the people that he's seen has not made it to where i'm at without investments and he said that's super attractive super attractive to investors just because um they know you're not going to bullshit their money away if you know someone gives you money just because you've been working on this with your own money all this time i said yeah this is true and, uh, but this investment firm, they're a, a late or they're a series A 
uh, investment firm. So they only invest, invest in series A startups. And technically I'm a, a seed startup. And what basically that means is uh, the growth and the level of the startup is at now. So right now uh, I'm still in beta. So technically until I'm, until I'm after beta and have like a, um, have all the data to support it, then I could be a series A, a startup, but that's, that's tomato, tomato. It's, it's just like, I just feel like investors use that just to, I mean, they use it to classify startups, which is true, but they use it. Uh, it's just, uh, it's just very loose. It's, it's, it's just very, it's just like those, like um, series A, series B, pre-seed, it's just, it's a lot of gray area. But so anyway, going back to this, so I met with them and um, the dude was really impressed about my financial projection, my business plan, what I have now, my, what I'm trying to do with it. And um, he was like, uh, look, we only invest in series A, but you're a pre-seed or a seed startup, but I'll bring you to our boards of directors uh, and talk to you about your idea just because like, if the iron is hot, like, and this was like, this was in August late uh, early august late june uh, like when the pandemic was dying down a little bit and uh, i guess a little bit but uh um so they he brought it up to the investment investment board and we were they were really impressed as well like uh, they were pretty blown back about where it's at now and basically like i said before that i did a solo but they couldn't invest uh just because the minimum investment they put is 1.5 million and they only take like 20 15%. So it's not that much percentage and it's a lot of money. And um, so, yeah, I mean, that panned out in the sense of like me trusting my gut and getting to where I'm at worked out, but I mean, I still didn't get the money yet. So like with them, they want me to, you know, um, they, they just want to stay in touch because they want to know the numbers after the beta test and the numbers on beta testing, it's going all right. Like it's just be, it's just hard with me. It's, um, I realized marketing, you need a lot of money. And yeah. like, I don't have that big dump of money to put in. So I've been putting like $5, $6 a day on like Google ads, but like, and it gives me, it gives me people, it gives me people weekly, which is good, but it's just like to get like the numbers that I would like to see from like to show them, I would have to put like, I don't know, like 20, $30 a day. And, but, and you know, you know, I've been finding other ways to to try to promote. So, I mean, it's not the end of the world, but just, another another long run yeah i mean like that that really is impressive especially to me because you know i'm I'm not really trying to make this podcast into like anything that's like mm-hmm. you know I'm, I'm not trying to be like a joe rogan or anything right yeah but um just the idea of like because marketing is is a huge factor like the a lot of people i feel like a lot of people don't know that marketing anything is is probably the most expensive part of of running a business, especially a small business or a startup even. Um, But I I think it's the smart move not to take an investor yet, Uh or even like until you know, you really need one because you know, who, who knows, like after beta testing, you could be like skyrocketing in terms of clientele or, or anything like that. And you just look at it and be like, all right, if I, if I don't invest, then I get a hundred percent of the profits. You yeah, know? exactly. And it's just like, so I, I guess it's kind of like up in the air, but yeah, I mean, that, that's really impressive, man. Like <laughs> just, just having an idea, building it from scratch yeah. and especially like something like this, where it's a very like technical field. Like I I'm studying in uh for it right now, like trying to get my, my degree in it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and it's hard, man. It's, no, it's hard it work is. to, to code really anything. Is. Like I, I coded like a, a recipe management like app thing. Mm-hmm. And man, it took me like months just, just, <laughs> to, just to get something going. And it's, it's like, like I couldn't, you, you wouldn't even want to use it. Like it's so yeah. bad, but man, kudos, kudos to you. Uh, man, thank you. Well, yeah. I, uh, so you said you're from Kuwait, um, right? Yeah. Originally. Yeah. I was born there. I uh, moved here when I was, I moved to the States when I was like seven, eight, like two, early, two, uh, yeah, early 2000s. So yeah, I was like seven. With your whole family? Yeah. Me, my dad, my brother. Uh, yeah, me, my dad, and my brother, my, my sister was born here. But yeah, so okay. it was, it was four of us. And like my dad's American. He uh, was in the army and served in um, Gulf War. And my mom's Kuwaiti. And that's how pretty much they met. Like she was already okay. over there being from Kuwait. And my dad's being being a soldier, but like I go back overseas very frequently, like not very frequently. Like last time I've been was 2018. I try to go every other year. I was supposed to go this year, but you know, COVID messed that up. So yeah, for I'm sure. Probably, it's probably going to go next year. So, uh, for like, I didn't even know Kuwaiti, like Kuwaiti was a thing. I thought it was <laughs> yeah. like Kuwaitan or something, but tell us a little bit about Kuwait from, yeah, from I mean, this honestly, you know. like I love Kuwait. Like, and the main reason why I would say that is because of my family, like my mom is the youngest of 11. So like I, and I have cousins for days when I go back overseas, man. Like, like I will, like I can see a different cousin every day for a month and not Jeez. see the same person twice. Like it's a, like I have a lot of cousins and um, we, we just have fun. Like I, I love spending time with them. I love enjoying life with them. But Kuwait, it's be- like, it has a lot, of, it has a lot of its faults. Like, um being westernized growing up in the states you know it's a, it's a dry it's a dry it's a dry country so you can't find anything like there's the only thing you can do is literally just there's like gyms you can go to but it's all segregated so it's just like there's a really? gym for women there's a gym for men yeah which is wild and uh-huh. like i had to like i was last time i was there i was there for like almost two months and like when i came back to the states i was so happy to go to the gym i was just like yes <laughs> <laughs> i was just like yeah man something to look at but uh <laughs> but uh but yeah it's still it's still a heavy like islamic uh country in the sense of in, in the sense of that and like a small few other things like me and my cousin because uh, me and my sister we sometimes go get pedicures when she comes in town to visit me and like my sister told my cousin that that i do that with her and she was like let's go but then we went to the place and there's a spa for men and a spa for women it's just like mm-hmm. we couldn't even get that together which is which is annoying but like like stuff, small stuff like that is makes me kind of irritated about kuwait but i mean i'll I'll risk that to go see my parents i mean to go see my uh my family over there but yeah i mean the I can, I can kind of get it because, you know, like, like you said, it is very Islamic and very, I mean, they have basically like a, uh, theocracy, right? Like, so Mm -hmm. their government is run by, by Islamic uh, code and all that. Yeah. And they still have a monarchy. So really? Yeah. So it's like a prince of Kuwait is, uh, the El Sabah family. So uh, yeah, I know I met one of the, well, I don't, I don't, I didn't meet, like, I know one of the, the uns, like the uns to the prince the my mom and her real good friends they went to middle school together and That's pretty middle cool. school or, or high school one of the two schools and we went last time i was overseas i went to her house and it was ridiculous really? i've never <laughs> seen a house like it had like 
like we kept passing this like brick wall, like cement brick wall every day, just, just like in the center of town, like you can't miss it. And then one day my mom was like, hey, uh, your aunt Abnia is uh, inviting you over for dinner. You need to go over there. So I was like, all right, I don't know the address. And she was like, don't worry, she sent a driver. So I went outside and saw a dude, a dude outside. And I was like, all right, hop in the car. And we, the same like brick cement wall we passed, I passed pretty much every day. It was like a gate on the other side. So we drove up in the gate, opened up, and it was insane. Like that house was so big. It was, so as soon as we opened the gate, it was just a big driveway. It's just like greenery, like the grass and like the layout was like out of this world. It had guards. It was kind of sketch just because <laughs> just seeing guards on just your property is just weird. And then, um, yeah, the house is really nice. Like, uh, as soon as we walked in, it was like a fountain, like in, inside the house, you just see a fountain, like a huge fountain in there. And then uh, me and the son, we knew each other when we were younger, when I was living in Kuwait. So we just caught up, just sort of talking. We were both in our like 20s now. And the, our lives are totally different, man. This dude literally oh, yeah, just worries see. about, worries about nothing <laughs> like <laughs> nothing at all man like i remember we were trying to go play basketball like that and that was the only word he's like man i can't go by the beach i was like why he's like my family i just can't i was like all right well i guess that's too much attention but so we just played basketball like in uh in, in their garden or whatever but like he would just i just explain to him like about like american football and everything like that and um yeah, it, it was just wild just because, like, his first car he had was, like, an Aston Martin DBS. Oh, you know? And, like, my first car was a, a 93 Honda Civic. <laughs> like, it, oh, well, yeah, everyone yeah. had the 93 Honda Civic. <laughs> yeah, <for laughs> so, it, 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 it's, like, Kuwait's pretty interesting just because you you will see a lot of upper echelon, like, rich of the rich, like Maseratis, uh, you know, Ferraris, Lamborghinis all the time. But then you will see the other end of the spectrum, which is just, like, you know, people barely making it by and i feel like the, the main reason because with kuwait if you're not kuwaiti it's almost like you're a second class citizen in, in kuwait's mm -hmm. eyes like and that's another reason why like kuwait like i mean with me being born in kuwait plus having an american citizenship like i can literally get i'm not gonna say get away with anything but like pretty much like i remember once we got stopped by a cop and my, cause my cousin was driving on the wrong side of the road to just skip traffic. Cause he was just like, screw this. And, uh, the cop stopped us. And then we got out of the ticket because he was like, my cousin's American, man. We're just trying to go to the beach. And he saw me, he saw me, he saw my ID. He's like, Oh, okay. You can go like simple like that, oh, which is interesting. Which is, yeah. Which is pretty wild. But, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, but Kuwait's a beautiful place. Like the beach there is gorgeous, but is it a, it's a peninsula, right? Yeah, yeah it's, like, right, it's, it's, it's right. It's uh, it's, it's in the Gulf. It's right on the Gulf. Okay. Yeah. So it's uh, it's nice. It's just hot, man. Like it, the only time. I oh yeah, I would assume. I, I feel like all Middle East countries are <laughs> in yeah, those more arid temperatures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Um. So does Kuwait have its own like specific language? Yeah, the, uh, they speak Arabic. So it's not. It's like just uh, Kuwait oh, okay, specific, okay. but it's just a different dialect. Like uh, okay. people in Kuwait, quote unquote, speak Kaliji. And it's just a few syllables off. It's literally the same. So, are you fluent? Not fluent anymore. But like, I still fluent. know how. I still know how to talk, uh, speak it here and there. Like every time I go back, just conversational. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But barely that now, just because like 
since, since I moved to Denver, it's hard for me to find like a friend that speaks Arabic. So it's just like, hmm. like I speak to my cousins overseas occasionally. We speak Arabic or my mom on the phone, she speaks Arabic to me or like, um, and that's really about it. But, but yeah, ever since I've moved to the States, even when I was a child, it was, it's hard for me to find like Arabic friends. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes sense. I, yeah. I, I feel like I can't relate as much just because I'm, I'm Chinese, mm-hmm. but I, I do speak, you know, Cantonese and, and basically all Chinese people, they either speak Mandarin or they speak Cantonese. Some mm-hmm. speak both. I can only yeah. speak really uh, Cantonese and yeah. it's generally harder to find, especially in the South, but mm-hmm. it's definitely like a growing number of people that, oh, that nice. speak my language. So, yeah. I mean, and my girlfriend's Chinese too. So we were at least able to talk to each other, but uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I can get the whole thing because I was born here and yeah. I was born in California. So mm-hmm. like, even though I can speak it, it's not like I'm nearly at the level where I can like go to China and then all of a sudden start talking to everyone. Talking, yeah, know? no, that makes sense. But, so but, in Kuwait, uh-huh. yeah, in Kuwait, do they speak a lot of English or? Yeah, they do. And that's okay. how I majority get around. Like majority of my cousins speak English. And when I go out to like, they have TGI Fridays or they have like a McDonald's or whatever, pretty much everyone there speaks English. Like when I go to like, there's a, the old bazaar in Kuwait is called Embarkia. And that's basically like, you go over there, it's like old, old school, like people selling stuff like in on the side of the roads and like you walk around, pick what you want. And I love going there just because like the coffee there was pretty dope. You just people watch and like they're pretty much like people spoke English, but when they hear you speak English, they will raise the price instantly, instantly (laughs) paying like triple what you would pay if you, if they didn't know you spoke English. But, uh, but yeah, a lot of people, I'll say majority of the people do, I'll say like a even like 70, 80%. Like a lot That's of people do. Yeah. Yeah. Cause in China it's actually, um, not obviously not everyone speaks English, but like there's people that at least know like the, the phrases and like, the oh, low, yeah. like pretty much all the signs, especially in the cities are in English. So like, oh, nice. you know, you, if you go to the city, you'll at least be able to get around. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if you ever want to go to China, I'm, I'm going to warn you right now. <laughs> you're you're a black man. You're going to be assumed to be a star. Like someone's <laughs> going to assume that you're a celebrity. Like okay. I'm not trying to be racist, but like yeah. that's just they're a hundred percent racist. Chinese people are one of the most <laughs> racist motherfuckers. Like yeah. they'll see you and they'll assume you're like, I don't know, LeBron James. You know, you I don't know, know how tall you are, but they yeah. just assume. Oh man, trust me, I'm five eight. If someone is LeBron <laughs> James, man, they need an eye check. No, man, I'll, I'm gonna say that just in case I need an ego boost. You know, just take a quick trip. <laughs> yeah, well, you'll be taller than everyone else, so that's that's a, that's a good thing. <laughs> oh man. So, you moved here when you were seven, um, yeah. and I assumed you moved because your because your father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my dad wanted to move, and like with me, I did not want to move at all. I remember, I remember being in the states when I was younger. When I was younger, I did not like it at all. Yeah, the adjustment period, especially mm-hmm. you know, completely different cultures. Um, and you were speaking on that with the whole like Islamic thing, like how, yeah. like I, I have to ask, like how is it for you, especially because you you moved to Denver uh, how long ago, like uh, two three years ago? Uh, no, I moved to Denver about two years ago now. Two okay. years in February, yeah. So you're pretty much just raised in, in, in Tennessee, mm-hmm. which, I mean, I'm assuming it's just like a hotbed for racism. Yeah, like, honestly, the last straw, what made me move from Tennessee to Denver was regarding my business. Like, I went to one of the startups, 
And like one of the marketing ladies there was like, hey, I'm trying to develop a marketing plan. Uh, do you want to meet like sometime soon? She was like, yeah, here's my number. Send me your uh, website. And at the time, I just had like a basic website. Just like, this is what Quick Sesh is about. This is what we aim to do. And like my, um, just a picture of me and just about me pretty much. And, um, you know, she, she texted me back like two nights later and was like, hey, your site looks good. The information on there is good. But the only thing I would change is remove your photo and put someone else. And I was like, what do you mean? Oh, she was just geez. like, what if someone doesn't want to work with like a black person? And I was like, they, then they can move on to like Best Buy or something like that. <laughs> like, you're not going to work. Like, and, I, and I was like, this was like 2018. I was like, I can't believe this lady t- looked at, texted me this, looked at a text. I was like, yeah, this, this will do. And like sent it. Because I, I was just like, yo, Jeez. I'm out. But, uh, but yeah, like that was like surprisingly enough. I didn't deal with too much racism in Memphis. Like Memphis is pretty about di- is is diverse. I, I feel like it's a bigger of, city. Yeah, exactly. It's diverse in the sense of it has a lot of black people and a lot of white people. So people like uh, like unlike Denver. So like people in Memphis, like they went to elementary school with like different races, middle school, high school, pretty much. <clears throat> so like I never got called like the N word in high school or even when I was younger. I've been like there was a few racism moments here and there. Like I remember the first time I've seen racism or dealt with racism. Like my mom, I was like nine or 10. My mom uh, had a uh, vending machine business or whatever. So we went to like a wholesaler to get us some, get some snacks uh, to fill them up. So she was like, Hey, can you go get X, Y, and Z? So I went down and to go get the candy bars or whatever. And like this, old white man was standing in front of the section and I was trying to go to and I was like, excuse me, I'm trying to get that. And then I was just like trying to talk to him to try to get what I want. And he was like literally not listening to me, like move the box from where I could reach it as like a 10 year old to like another level. And I was just, I was just like, yeah, mom, this dude is acting weird. And then my mom, so she like just stand in line while I go do it. And then my mom came back and I was just like, yo, what's going on? And then she was like, you know what? Some people are just not gonna like you for the color of your skin and you just gotta deal with it. And then mm-hmm. that was the first time I ever dealt with it when I was like 10. And then, you know, growing up in Memphis, I didn't necessarily see any racism in the sense of like people calling me the N word or anything like that. Or, you know, but like after coming to Denver, then like, <laughs> like looking back at my life, I'm just like, I dealt with a lot. Like I, I got stopped by the cops so often. And then, like, I didn't know that was, <laughs> I didn't, like, I didn't realize that was a black thing until like, I don't know, three years ago. I was <laughs> just like, people get stopped this often all the time, right? Yeah. <laughs> then, uh, and then, uh, yeah, I dealt with that a lot, getting stopped all the time. And then, because the neighborhood I used to live in in Memphis, it was called Bartlett. It was a suburb. And and it's a lot of white people there, but it's um, it's still mixed. Like, it's still diversity. Like, unlike yeah. Denver. Like, Denver is no diversity at all, which is insane. Like, I was talking to someone uh, the other day who uh, went to, like, high school, like, in Broomfield, which is, like, 20 minutes outside of Denver. And he said it was literally one Black person and three Latino people in his entire high school, like, Damn. all four years. And I was like, that is gross. I would, I would not want to deal with that. <laughs> I would I mean, not want to deal with that. Again, I, I can't really relate, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm Asian. Like, actually, I was talking about uh, this with my friend earlier. Like, we were talking about, like, everything going on. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, because he, he's white. And he had asked me about, like, you know, like, how does how is it for you? 
Um, and like, it's really not bad at all, but yeah. you know, there is like underlying discrimination, of course. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, sh- like you, I, I, I didn't really experience a lot, um, growing up, but looking back at it, there were moments, um, yeah. and living here in Charlotte's actually kind of a blessing because of how diverse it is. Like, oh, man, that's nice. there's like a massive Asian population. I don't know mm-hmm. why they picked Charlotte, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's nice. Um, yeah. but like, I'll, I'll go like maybe five, 10, 15 minutes out into like the boonies or something. Mm-hmm. And then you got people like literally asking you like, where are you from? I'm like, Oh, I'm originally from Richmond, Virginia. Yeah. Cause that's, that's where I was uh, like from before Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And then they'd be like, no, where are you from? Like I was born in I was born in Oakland, California. And it's like, yeah, yeah but where are you from? Oh like, man, that's so ugly. I'm Chinese. Like <laughs> you really, you, you really just so got to do that to me, right, you know? And real, so man. like there's, there's, I've had moments where people have asked me like, can I read Korean or like, can you read that or like anything? No way, man. I'm like, no, I can't. And then it, it it's kind of shitty because, man like i can't actually read korean but i know mm-hmm. korean when i see it and so like <laughs> you know what i mean so like yeah, I, 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 I can pick up like i can pick up on vietnamese words i mm-hmm. i know some thai i can pick up on japanese words just because i watch anime but like, <laughs> yeah obviously i know chinese like i uh-huh. i have a lot of korean friends so i understand mm-hmm. like i can hear korean words and so i can pick up on this kind of stuff and so i'm like oh they didn't really say that and it's like oh mm-hmm. do you speak that i'm like no i speak chinese and it's like isn't that the same oh man that's the worst that's the worst no because i have a similar occurrence when when people like i mean persian and arabic don't get me wrong like i get the confusion like they're super similar but totally different like uh this this one girl i was uh dating out here she kept sending me like these screenshots from a from a persian show and i kept telling her this is arabic (laughs) i get like the first few times like this is arabic like it's persian like i have no idea what it what it what it means like this looking at it just looks gibberish and she kept sending me screenshots from this show thinking that, you know, one of these screenshots is going to be in, in, you know, Arabic maybe. <laughs> but it's literally the same thing. And it was just like over a two-month time span, I just just blocked it. I was like, I can't do this. I yeah. can't do this anymore. It was just wild. I was like, I, I don't understand how you, how you just being this ignorant. <laughs> like, I'm telling yeah. you, this is, not, this is not the same. I mean, that's oh, the thing, though. You're, ignorance is bliss where they, like, they, they haven't actually experienced anything like it. So they can't really, yeah. like, they just it's normal to them, you know, it's, it's normal to, to ask these things. Like, and, and I did realize that when I moved out here, just because there's not a lot of black people out here. And like, I went to a party, uh, before COVID and I think, I think it was like new year's party or whatever. And like this dude grew up in a, a town called boulders, like 30, 30 minutes away. Yeah. And, uh, there's literally no, like I have not seen a person of color, like just walking around Boulder, which is, it's pretty wild like boulder's super white but it's it's pretty progressive like like with how undiverse denver is it's i don't i've not i've not dealt with any racism like um which is good like everything out here has been good but uh but yeah and I, the first thing i asked him when i'm when he i knew he was from boulder i was just like dude how many black people were in your college i mean in your high school the first thing i asked him he was like from elementary school to high school, there's only one black person in this class the entire time. Jeez. So like, so like, I, this was like, uh, right, I guess the start of like the, it was like, I think it was some police killing, like I was on TV 
And I guess he felt compelled to be like, you know what, man, that was wrong. And I'm just like, hey, man, this is a party. I did not come here to talk about that. So I was just like, thank you. I, thank you for having my back, I guess. But uh, <laughs> I did not feel like talking about this at a party. But yeah, yeah man. But yeah, so like uh, moving out here, I realized I got to be patient with that. I can't just be like, man, this, just, just, what, like, I, I feel like I have a, uh, impatient attitude at times, especially stuff like that. And then after moving out here, I realized like I gotta take a step back and see where they're coming from before just attacking them. Yeah, I mean, I I knew this one guy. Um, he was from Maine, uh-huh. and like, it's apparently just like Denver, where it's just like <laughs> it was just like a sea of white. Yeah, and uh, he was talking about in his elementary school, which this was even worse, I think, because like. When, whenever basically any ethnic kid would come in, like mm-hmm. they would put him in the center, like in the front of the room and be like, Hey, okay. where are you from? Like they would ask him questions, you know, like, like, where are you from? Like, what's mm-hmm. like, and it's, it, it just felt really racist to me yeah. and he didn't see it. Like he didn't understand it. He didn't understand like how it's racist. Like it's he, in his mind, he was tr- like him and his class were trying to learn about the person, but yeah. then they didn't realize that like when you put someone like that, in, in front of a crowd, like it's just exactly. like literally a whole, all white people. It's just, it, it looks bad, you know, mm-hmm. and it feels bad, but yeah, it's, I, I feel like that's a really common thing, especially here in the U S where there's so many like small, I guess like pocket populations. Yeah. Um, and funnily enough, I actually w- was considering moving to Boulder, Colorado. <laughs> and so now that you tell me that you know I, i'm kind of rethinking my, my mindset um just I mean, because no, um no it's fun don't get me wrong it's really fun it's yeah just yeah not diverse that's the only thing yeah that that's the thing you know I'm, I'm a huge fan of like obviously like asian food mm-hmm. you know and like i i can make it myself but i'd prefer not to like i'd want to be able to go out and get it dude right and <laughs> no man trust me i know exactly where you're going with this yeah like i visit uh what was it Columbia, South Carolina. I was uh-huh. I was there for about two months, and um, man, all you ate was barbecue. Like that's all you could get. Yeah, man. and it wasn't oh. even good barbecue. You know, <laughs> it was like that that dry ass like stick on the bone kind of stuff. Oh. And so yeah, jeez. No, and, and, it's, and it's similar here with that, just because like Arabic food is something that when I lived in Memphis, I could always get my mom to cook. But here, I'm just like, man, like I want some good Arabic food. And I can't find like a good restaurant that makes like the basicest of dish. Like they, like I'll go to it and order like uh, a shawarma, just something basic, just so I can like test whether I should like go on and get something like better. And they can't even do that right. Like I have not tasted a good one. Like like I, like when I had friends come and visit, and they were like, "Where should we go eat?" I'm just like, "Man, lower your food expectations down. Like this is not going to be like a food. This is not a food place. All we're going to do here is hike." Like the food here is yeah. fuel. That, that's pretty much it. Not we do not eat for fun out here, but uh, that's that's a good idea to tell people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I tell them I tell them that like before they come out. I'm just like, don't expect good food. Like expect good hikes and then place to refuel. That's about <laughs> yeah, it. So with uh, Arabic food, is it is? I'm I'm assuming halal is like a style of of preparation. Yeah, is that, is exactly. That correct? Exactly, it is. Okay. So basically, what halal is is that. You basically bless the, you know, the, the meat or like the chicken, beef, uh, uh, you know, lamb before we kill it. And, and that's pretty much what makes it halal or not. And like halal, halal like meat, one is for me, 
even in Memphis, it's hard to find. Like there's a few Arabic stores or stores that sell it, but compared to like a three pound thing of ground beef, it was like 18 bucks or whatever. But if you go to like get a halal, it's almost 30, you know, it's like a big price difference. So it's just like, yeah, like halal food is good, but if, you know, like I could, you know, pray over the food before eating it anyway, you know, still get, yeah, still get a blessing. So, so I was actually going to ask like, how, how, I guess, devout are you to Islam? Yeah. So like, you know, I still pray, I fast every, every year, but you know, I'm Westernized. So like, I go out to partying, like I have girlfriends or I had girlfriends in the past and stuff like that. Like, I'm not, I'm not the best, but you know, I just do, I do me pretty much like, like Denver is legal, legal weed. So it's just like, I smoke occasionally and, uh, you know, we're not supposed to do that, but it is what it is. So like, I feel like (laughs) (laughs) it is what it is. I feel like, like I do the basics, like I pray, I fast, you know, I do that, but it's just like the stuff that I'm not supposed to do is, you know, sometimes I still do. Yeah. I mean, you know, being, being Buddhist, like, I wouldn't say I'm like anywhere close to being like devout, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll I'll go to temple every occasionally, like I'll I'll do my, you know, like my quote unquote prayers. Um, It's more of meditation, but Mm -hmm. you know, like every twice a month, I'll like eat purely vegetarian, which fucking sucks. (laughs) But, um, you know, like it, I I get it. You know, I, I still drink. You know, I don't smoke um, just because you know, I, I did a lot in like high school and college, but mm. you know, it's kind of out of my system, I guess. But yeah, you know, I still drink. I, I still do things I'm not supposed to, but mm. you know, it's not, I, it might, in my mind, it's more like I'm, I'm religious more just to have some, some sort of faith, you know, yeah. so, something to actually like kind of, I guess, fall back on, on, yeah. on occasion. Um, and it's always tradition as well, you know, mm. like. Lunar New Year, or like any festivals that I yeah. that I partake in, it's all based on tradition, you know. So mm-hmm. I think it's totally fine that you're doing you, you know. Yeah. Especially because um, I don't really get the alcohol thing. Yeah, you know? yeah, we're, yeah. We're not able to drink alcohol because honestly, they said it's the same reason because of of we like. I tried alcohol before; it wasn't my thing. Like, I did not like getting drunk at all. Like. <laughs> One, uh, my friend gave me. I remember when my friend gave me a beer. Disgusted, I could not do it. Couldn't, <laughs> couldn't do it. Like I couldn't drink it. So I was just like, yeah. And like I didn't start smoking until like I was like 22, 21. Just because like I was coding and like I smoked once before and I was like, yeah, it's pretty cool. And then I smoke and then I drink coffee and I'll just zone out and just code. And like that has been my shit. Like that. Like I can get a lot of stuff done smoking and just like put music on and just zone out and just like work and like and especially when i'm unsure what i need to do next like i'm i feel anxiety because i don't feel like i've done a lot where i'm at so then i smoke drink some coffee and just pretty much plan it out and i it feels like it feels like when i'm stressed out my mind is going 100 places at once but when i smoke i could like you know kind of focus it out exactly just yeah. focus out but going back to the alcohol, but it's the same, it's the same quote unquote, the same reason is that it gets you out of your, uh, what is it? Your like state of mind. 
and that is it and that's uh, and that's the sin but i mean people i guess, I guess like, ways. yeah i guess the reason behind it is kind of like the same as us where it's kind of like the, a poison for the mind and body exactly exactly yeah yeah so, I, I mean I, I get it you know because i a lot of these like kind of religious texts and religious like i guess like codes and like lifestyles i can get where they're coming from you know like it's all based on um i guess trying to be a, a better person you know mm-hmm. like don't don't get shit faced every day like you know don't do this don't like don't kill out for no reason yeah um so it makes sense but i guess in the modern times it doesn't make sense you know because nah. i mean my brother um he never really spoke either until yeah. he moved out to sf like san francisco um oh, and i don't know if he does it every day but i assume he does <laughs> <laughs> Dude, so it's, see, it's yeah yeah go ahead no i said that's where i was trying to move to sf before i landed in denver sf is just too much for me oh yeah yeah like I'm gonna tell you right now, like any, I tell this people all the time, actually, like oh. it's a nice place to visit. It's not, it, it's not all as cracked up to be to live there. Like yeah. my brother argue, argue this with me like all the time, just cause he lives out there. He's been living out there for six years or something. I don't know. Very okay. long time. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, you can get good food anywhere. You can get like good views anywhere. Yeah. And this is true. The only thing about it is it obviously it's it's higher quality in certain regards like obviously yeah. the food is higher quality um for us being chinese there's a lot more chinese people a lot more chinese mm-hmm. food that's really good food um but like the, just the cost of living and yeah. like the crazy environment and like the massive population i i could yeah. i personally couldn't vibe with that you know mm-hmm. no and no and I, I don't understand where where that's coming from because like what I've heard, I heard Denver was like, was, I mean, Denver is a big city, but you know, it's not as big as people make it out to be. Like I live, I live downtown and, and, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong, rent is expensive for my apartment, but it's, it's not like, you know, San Francisco or like New York bad. And the city isn't, it doesn't have a big city feel like a Chicago or a SF or a New York or, even like even Dallas, I feel like their downtown is bigger in a sense than Denver. But I think the main reason why I do like it out here is because of you know the hiking and like the the activities that I can do. Like uh, like I work out pretty much every day. Though know, today was my off day because I mean today was busy. I, I didn't have any time to put it in. But uh, but like. Before I moved out here, I didn't do any any hiking, anything outdoors. Because Memphis, I mean, one, it's way too humid to do anything in the summer. Yeah. And um, two, even if there was something to do, there's like there's a place called Shelby Farms. Um, it's a paved walk path. There's a big lake you can go kayaking, but that's pretty much it. So I'll do that. But me, after me coming out here and like with the, dealing with a high altitude training up here, and then like trying to go hiking and everything like that, like I love it. Just because, like, if I'm ever bored on a Saturday or a Sunday or a Friday, I could just go drive 20, 30 minutes and go and do a hike, like, see a different view almost every weekend if I want to. So, and that's the thing that I do like, just because, I mean, the only thing I'm spending money on is just gas, and I could just go. Yeah, uh, I, but, I get that. Yeah. Charlotte's about the same. Um, it's not, definitely not the high, higher elevation. It's probably mm-hmm. not as good views, but, you know, here in Charlotte, we're about, like, at most an hour, hour and a half away oh, from, like... Bad 
yeah, fantastic. Like the Blue Ridge is like yeah. a little further. It's about two hours, but mm-hmm. getting out there, you, there's so much to do in terms of like outdoor stuff. Yeah. Um, like there's actually a surprising amount of rivers and lakes that you could canoe or kayak or whatever you okay. want to do, or even like trailheads. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot to do here in terms of outdoors, but it's also not really because a lot of people when they hear i'm in charlotte they also think like it's pretty southern and it's pretty kind of i guess like low quality i I don't know if that's the right term but it's definitely not you know like it it feels kind of like the southern new york in a way where Mm -hmm. it is a relatively big city and you know we do get a lot of people in and out and you, you kind of get the best of both worlds you know yeah. so you get you get the boonies like 10 minutes away and then you get <laughs> like huge city living mm-hmm. right down the street you know oh, and, that's awesome yeah so it's it's pretty cool so, so what made you want to move to boulder if you don't mind me asking um so living in richmond pretty much like 75 percent of my life at the time i had just mm-hmm. graduated college i was looking at options um yeah. just because I, I didn't feel like i could actually like grow in richmond mm-hmm. um you know it's it's always gonna have a place in my heart but at the time i was like man where should i go like i, I don't want to do this big city living like yeah. new york or, or sf like my brother uh, but i also don't want to be living in an environment where there's like literally nothing to do you know <laughs> so, <laughs> i was looking I at that. places like um you know i was looking at like outside of chicago uh, mm-hmm. but then i i've been hearing you know it's not exactly what you think it is. Like I'd been yeah. thinking about moving out to like somewhere in Oregon, you know, like the Oregon state or like Washington state where it's yeah. like, I do have a big city, but it's not, you know, it's not like I need to live in that big city. Right, right. And then I stumbled upon mm-hmm. Denver and like Boulder, which is like you said, like 30 minutes away. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, that, that, that'd be a pretty good option. But then my girlfriend, um, who I'm still with, she's like, Hey, I'm moving to Charlotte for work. That works because Charlotte's <laughs> Charlotte's growing. Yeah. And here's the crazy yeah, thing. Awesome. Like we moved out here about three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um three years? Yeah. Three three, four years ago. And at the time you could get like a fifteen, two hundred square foot or two thousand square foot house for like maybe two hundred, two hundred and fifty thousand. Right. Mm-hmm. And we're didn't want to do that obviously because we didn't know how long we we're going to be in Charlotte. So we yeah. just got apartments. And then now like we just got our house 2000 square feet and it was like over $300,000. No so like, way. The market. Yeah. The housing market just Damn, skyrocketed. Dude. The population skyrocketed too. Cause mm-hmm. when we got here, there wasn't a lot of people. And then within just a couple of years, like, yeah, man, there's skyscrapers going up every day. Like, Dang, um, who's moving out here? Like, IBM's building an office here. Microsoft yeah. already has an office here. Google oh, is building an office here. So like everyone's trying to get in because you know it, it really it really does feel like the New York of the South. Oh man, that's so, a nice thing. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You know, especially since man, that's that's a crazy jump from yeah. two hundred. Yeah, because like that's the only well, that's another reason because I I don't know how long I'm being Denver for, but I I don't think it's it's uh. I don't think it's a place that I'll call home. It doesn't feel like it. And the the houses out here are just way too much. Like yeah. a $500,000 house it will, give, will take you like, I don't know, 30 to 40 minutes outside of the city in like the suburbs. And it's, yeah. and it's just like a three hundred dollars or $400,000 house in 
I keep reverting back to Memphis, but like a three hundred dollars $400,000 house in Memphis, is like a castle. Like I can, yeah. <laughs> I can build like a huge ass castle on a lot of land, but it's just that, you know, it pays like to, to live, but even, even now, like it's cool, like with all the stuff, but still it does not feel like home just because one of the diversity, the first, honestly, when I first moved here, I didn't think anything of it. I was like, all right, nothing. And then like, as time grew, and like i just started meeting a lot of people i'm just like these people act ugly like they just act like super ugly they <laughs> act like they don't know how to conversate with people and like like with me like growing up in the south in uh, memphis tennessee and then growing up overseas and going back to visit i just I just deal with a lot of different cultures to deal with a lot of different people so it's just like i have a lot of i have a lot of interests like um you know i can talk to my friend sam about you know like MMA and UFC who's fighting this week or I can talk to my friend uh, you know my friend Omar about like this Arabic song that came out last week you know so like my like my range goes differs but like people out here what I realize is that it's not they don't see many different people so it's just like when they see like a someone new or whatever it's just like they don't know how to act and like you know I aim to have children one day and I don't want my children to be that ugly I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, don't, I don't want that to happen. So it's just, um, Denver's really cool. I love it, but it's just not a, it's not a place that I would call home. Yeah, I get that. Um, you a fan of MMA? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, big fan? Like, uh, like, I started watching MMA fights when I saw Rampage Jackson fight. Who did he fight? I think Rashad Evans based on the UFC Ultimate Fighter series, like back in like 2007, oh, yeah, yeah. 2008. Because he's, he's from Memphis. And that's what got me into it. He did like a show, a uh, promotion show in Memphis. And I was like, oh, dang, this dude. Like, that's the first dude I met that was from Memphis that actually, like, quote unquote, made it big. So, like, yeah. I just started following him and like what he was doing. And then, uh, so that, that got me into it. And like, uh, I met a dude out here. He owns. Uh, he owns a studio, like a kickboxing studio. He's been trying to get me out there since I moved. And, um, you know, I wanted to do it, but man, it's just... It's a commitment, man. It's it a is, lot of time. It is, it is, it's, and that's the thing, is that, like, it's a commitment. And, like, right now my schedule is, like, I wake up, I go, I usually go to the gym in the mornings, and then I come in, I come back to my office, and I work from, like, 7, 8 to, like, 4 or 5. And after that, I cook something and then I work on quick session until like 10, 11, and then repeat. So like, that's on my weekdays. My weekends, what I try to do is like go on like a, a long hike on, on Saturday, just, just to forget about things and get Unwind. a good workout. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then the rest of the day, just like bullshit a little bit, work on something. Then Sunday, just work on code. And, and me thinking about like me, every time he's like, yeah, come, come and we can like, sign you up for two days a week. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm gonna do it. Then I sit down thinking my schedule. I'm like, I can't do this. I can yeah. do maybe one day. I can probably do like Sunday or something, but he's closed on Sunday. So it's just like, yeah, it's a serious commitment, man. Cause like, um, I, I do jujitsu. I used to do oh, uh, Muay Thai kickboxing. Um, oh, yeah. and people ask me like, man, which one should I do? Like, I, oh. I want to do both. Like, which one should I do now? And I'm like, so here's the thing. I, I, it's a little bit of bias, but I'd say jujitsu is, is definitely like the better option for most yeah. people because it does have a steeper learning curve and it's got mm -hmm. essentially like a very long 
like it's like stairs because there's yeah. you're gonna get really good and then you plateau for a long time and you get really good and you plateau for a long time. Oh dang, that's nice. But then like something like boxing or kickboxing, like any striking martial art, it's really easy to know what you're doing, but it's really hard to understand why you why you're doing it. Like mm, it's it's one of those skills sense. where it's you know it's very quick to pick up but very yeah. hard to master. You know, yeah, like, yeah, dang. Anyone can throw a jab. It's very easy. You know, you're going mm. from shoulder out back to shoulder. But then to actually have someone do that properly and do it right consistently, it's tough, man. Like it's it's Dang. it's a commitment. It's a yeah. long commitment. So how long have you been doing uh, jujitsu for? Um, I've been doing jujitsu since 2011. Oh dang! So yeah, I just got my black belt earlier this year. Yeah, oh, back man, in February. Congrats, man! I bet that. I bet you feel happy about that. Uh, (laughs) the thing is, um, man, I feel like I've been talking about a lot. The thing is I was obsessed with it. You know, I I wrestled in high school before starting jujitsu and and I had done like, you know, I'd been a huge fan of like, you know, martial arts in general. Um, but like when I first started, I would be doing like two, three sessions a day. Like I'd be training on Sundays. I'd be training on Saturdays. I'd be training every day. I'd be training before school, after school. But like it got to a certain point where, you know, I was already in a weird mental state. Like um, I feel like I'm just like beating this, this story into a book, like into its death. But I, I had like a lot of mental like issues. And so I felt like jujitsu was my escape. And then over time it, it kind of, really felt like a burden more than more than uh, uh, i feel that i feel that yeah and uh recently i've been able to to kind of unwind it all and, and unpack it all and be like mm-hmm. all right this is the reason i felt that way and this jujitsu it wasn't jujitsu's fault like yeah. that was probably one of the things that saved me you know and so when i got my black belt i hadn't gotten to that point yet and it was more like it felt like another burden you yeah. know because people had already expected a lot from me being you know experience like i'd been mm-hmm. eight nine years in and then all of a sudden i'm at this level where i'm supposed to be a master yeah. but let me tell you this man like from my experience being where i'm at and from my experience meeting like i've met pretty much like every, i've met like max holloway i've met new, oh, the new gear brothers yeah i've met like a bunch of guys and they're all mm-hmm. these high level dudes and it's like they'll all tell you the same like being a black belt is literally the beginning like you're not a master of shit. Yeah. You're a master of like you're a master of understanding that you're not a master. Like that's where <laughs> you're at. You know. Yeah. So. Oh man. I I am I am proud of it. You know, it's, it mm-hmm. was a long journey, but I wouldn't say I was like delighted about it. Yeah. You know, like at the, the time. Or, yeah. 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 Exactly. No, and that makes sense. No, because I don't have a I don't I guess I have a story that's on the same basis. Like. The reason why I even got into like coding was because I was dating my ex-girlfriend at the time and me and her, we were, it was a real good relationship. It was almost two years. And uh, it was like right when I graduated college, me, well, about a year after I graduated college, me and her started talking and um, she, she lived in, she moved to San Francisco or San Jose, uh, like the Bay Area type. So yeah. I would go out there and visit her and she was the one like who believed in me because like, like after college, I just like went like went to work went home went to the gym and just like fucked off the rest of my evening like play video games watch anime just did like literally did nothing and then um you know like and you know me and her would facetime while like while i'm on on meetings or whatever or while i'm working uh and then she was and i didn't think i would think nothing of it i just think i'm just working and uh 
uh, I remember once she would just ask me like what I wanted to do in like my life. And I was just like, I want to be a, I want to own like a software company one day. She was like, what are you doing to like do that? I'm just like, you know, I work in IT now. I'm trying to figure out what is what. And then she was like, uh, you got to develop a plan. You can't just say you want something and not do it. So she pushed me in a good way. And then, um, you know, she believed that I could do it. Like, cause me, like, I was just thinking that, you know, like, eh, I'll just work like a nine to five and have like uh, a dropship or online store and have that for extra money and, and live a good life, you know? But then she was like, you know, <clears throat> she was like, I, you're smart enough to like not make only thousands but make millions if you want. She's like, these ideas you have about like a dropship store and all this stuff is nice. It's good. I, I know you can do it, but like you're aiming too low. And, and so then that's what made me to like learn code. And then that's what made me to develop this idea is because off of that. So like, so when we broke up that like that was like a spiral like it was just spiraling and like so all I, I just dove into my work and um and like people like uh my friend sam or like my other friends that i meet or talk to they're like oh you're in beta like congratulations they want to like have a party i'm just like dude i didn't, I didn't do shit yet like yeah I'm still, <laughs> like, I still didn't do shit so like understand what you're talking about about what you're saying like you got a black belt you still yeah. I'm not a master or anything. Like I still don't feel like I'm a quote unquote CEO or or a founder of anything yet. Just because, like, don't get me wrong, I have an idea, I executed it, and it's in beta right now. But you know, many people got where I'm at. You know, yeah. there's a few people that got where I want to go. So that's where I, that's where my mindset is. So yeah, I get that. I actually have uh, two things for you. So one of my mantras in life mm-hmm. is. Um, you never get good. You only get better. I think that applies to everything in life. And that definitely applies here because, you know, especially when when you're thinking of like improving your, your code or or like bringing your business to like your startup to another level. It's all about that idea of like, you know, it might be good enough for some people, but it's not good enough for me. So it's going to just keep getting better. And um, my wrestling coach used to always say sometimes happy, never satisfied. So I, I think those are two things that, that everyone can run through, you know? Dude, yeah. <laughs> so you said you go to the gym a lot though, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Like, what do you, what uh, do you like doing? Man, honestly, I love chest day. I love doing arms. I love doing chest. <laughs> I'm, I'm just a meathead, man. Like I've played football all throughout high school. So like I've been doing like high school football workouts until like four years ago. And then, uh, so now I've been low key. I still kind of do like, just bench press and like different forms of bench press and like back, like bicep, tricep, legs, shoulders. But it's just, I feel like I'm such, I'm doing the same type of workout, the same type of splits that I've been doing for like, since I was in high school. And that's why I wanted to like get into like kickboxing or something like that. Just, I was like, yeah. I need something different. But yeah, I get that, man. My, my current, like, I, I feel the same, like, I think I've had a lot of ability to, to actually like change up what I do because mm-hmm. like when I first started, it was like, I was just like the same thing where it's like all about that pump, all about the, you know, the show yeah. muscles, basically like I skipped leg day for like years, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you know, it, it, it got to the point. Cause I, I, I started subscribing to this guy, uh, Jeff Cavalier on athlete X, mm-hmm. uh, on YouTube and man, his shit, like it motivated it changed me because like i was watching his stuff like this dude is like in his 50s now 
and he is ripped. He is jacked. And like, it's not without, um, knowledge because he's actually like a physical therapist. Mm -hmm. Like he's, he used to be like the trainer for like the head trainer for the Cubs or something, some, some baseball team. Like he knows what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. And I was like, damn, I want to get to that level. And then he's talking about like consistency. He's talking about like, you need to structure your routines. And like, now I'm doing like leg days twice a week, mm-hmm. but I still do upper body like three times a week. But like, yeah. man, like I'm, I'm starting to get back into it. The whole COVID situation has been a huge hit though. You know, dude, it, it really did. And like, and that was like right before COVID, like early, no, like early March, late February. It was like, I was I, like, when I moved to Denver, I was getting in the best shape of my life just because like with this high altitude, just working out in general, like I was, I was getting pretty shredded like and like i would go back down south or go back to the beach and like just had a whole bunch of energies just like i would lift and like at the time like i was like lifting i don't know like maybe 225 i could do that like 10 15 times but I, when i went back down like to like low altitude i could do like 225 like 30 times like easy yes. not like not, and not like break a sweat and um and like i was getting in real good form real good shape and COVID hit and they closed down the gyms and i'm just like yeah i'm just gonna get fat <laughs> <That>. <laughs> so getting back into shape man has been a pain in the ass man. it's been so bad but i've yeah. been getting back into it it's, it's like i've been working out every day it's just my diet with me has been uh been a pain like it's hard for me to hard for me to uh keep a steady diet especially if i don't meal prep if i don't meal prep then oh yeah then it's I'm oh, dude, 100%, 100%, like a hundred percent a hundred percent like I wouldn't consider myself like a fatty, but I'm definitely yeah. a foodie. And I think everyone's a foodie, you know, <laughs> yeah, like I'll be sitting like in my office, I'll be like doing some work and I'm like, man, what should I eat for, what should I eat for dinner? And like girlfriend will come in the room. And it's like, it's like, man, you want uh you want fried chicken? I'm like, fuck yeah. I want fried chicken. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, it'll be like the weekend we're like shopping, like, Hey, you want to go to like Harris theater? It's like a grocery store. She's like, no, let's go to Costco and get a, get a pizza. Hey, fuck yeah i'll get a pizza costco yeah. pizza man it's oh, cheap man. as hell too it really is it really is oh man yeah that would give me hella fat man i could have do yeah. that like and that's was, why I like huh? I, I was gonna say it was getting rough to the point where like my belly started like overlapping my legs and i was just <laughs> like oh shit all right so i started like buying up equipment and stuff like yeah. setting up a home gym you know oh man that's nice then at least you got it set up it's getting there it's getting there yeah. Uh, so how are things right now in uh north carolina with with COVID? man not not good at least in my opinion like the thing is um we have like the mask thing like it's more of a a suggestion than anything like nothing is enforced like i think we we went to like phase three where it's basically everything was back to normal Mm -hmm. when we were like spiking in cases and like yeah it was rough and like what sucks even worse is like I, I do um, a customer support role. And so I can work from home, but yeah. my company encourages working in office for some fucking reason. No way, man. That yeah. would irritate the hell out of me. And so like I, I actually, um, we had a scare. So yeah. my cousins came to visit um, and one of them tested positive mm-hmm. um, when they left. And so my girlfriend got all worried and I was like, hey, I don't think it's going to be that big of an issue. Like mathematically it doesn't make sense for us to test positive as well we both mm-hmm. tested negative but it's been a blessing because i haven't had to go in the office for like the past month yeah. just because i'm like hey i tested and it's like do you test positive i'm like no but i'm gonna stay home like, 
Hell yeah. <laughs> it confused them, but they, it made sense in a way. So like yeah. they've allowed me to work from home. And, Dude, that's badass. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of oh, dreading man. it though, because I got to go back uh, Thursday. Oh, dang. So, so like here in Denver, we went from phase three that we were at to back to phase two because it, it spiked back up out here. Yeah. And, um, and like our office where I work at, they do uh, they do five days voluntarily. Like, um, but now since it's back to phase two, I think they're doing like 25% in office volunteer. Like I haven't been in the office. I've been in the office once since March and that was like in August. And I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to roll out of bed and work. I really don't feel like doing it. I really don't feel like yeah. commuting to work for no reason. I'm just like, yeah, miss me with that. Oh, yeah. man. I mean, the, the thing is, God, everyone's so wrapped up in, in like the, I guess the conspiracy of it, you know? And it's, it's, Dude, right. it's tough, man. Cause like you look at countries like Australia or New Zealand or, or even like, like Japan where like mm. literally it's like a month of isolation. That's all you really need. You isolate the cases, you quarantine it, and then boom, everyone's back to normal. Like yeah. I think New Zealand's just had their first full capacity concert like this past month. Oh yeah, I seen that. I seen that on Twitter. Yeah. And That's it's just wild. like, dude, we could be there, but like yeah. you're just being a selfish dick, you know? It's just like, Yo, and, and that is the truth. Like with me, like <clears throat> I don't necessarily go out because I mean just don't just don't feel like it. Like one expect it's a pandemic and like going out and i know the people and i know like I, I live downtown so like walking out walk two blocks i'm where all the like the breweries restaurant bars are at so it's not that far but like even like like i have to go past that street to go to the grocery store and just driving past on like any given any given day you just see people walking around flirting around like just out and about yelling just like it's normal with no mask on yeah and i'm just oh, like yeah. man that's like with me, I'm responsible in the sense of, like, I'm not going to get anyone else in danger. So, like, I always put my mask on when I go out and everything. But, like you said, if you just see people just not doing it, and it's just, like, this is November, and we have reached a new – we broke records. Yeah. It's like, come on, you know. But Yeah, it's 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 tough, man. It's, it's so annoying, but – it is what it is. It know? is what it is, man. Ain't got the truth. That that is my that's been my saying all COVID. I'm just like it is. What it is. <laughs> hey, let's move on to a happier subject. Oh um, yeah, I've been on. Uh, this is on my mind. You you know about the fights this weekend, right? Mm, who's fighting this weekend? This uh this weekend is uh Rafael dos Anjos, and he's supposed to be fighting, or he was supposed to fight um Islam Makachev. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's like Khabib's like essentially little brother? You know Khabib. Dude, I was so sad. He retired. <laughs> I was so sad. I like, I was literally almost in tears. I was like, come on, man. At least at 30. At least at 30. But hey, man. Anyway. It's a promise to his mother, you know? You know, like, yeah, this is true. Like, man, yeah. Like, after, he's, after he gave the speech and everything, I was like, man, you know, I respect that. He promised yeah. his mom he's not doing it. Then. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Rafael dos Anjos was supposed to fight uh, Islam. Mm -hmm. But Islam pulled out. He got the mumps. Um, and apparently, like, there's like a mumps outbreak in, in Dagestan. Seriously. So, yeah damn i mean they're they're like from what i've heard they're like the picturesque version of a third world country where like they didn't even know covid was a thing for 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 a long time <laughs> damn yeah and it, oh, it sucks man. it sucks like that's that's why uh khabib's father passed away because they didn't know no what way. it was Seriously? i think so yeah i think damn, so that's crazy i didn't I, okay thinking back at it now yeah i do remember hearing that 
they did have COVID complications with him. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Damn, man, that sucks. But, um, yeah, apparently there's like a mumps outbreak now. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, so they they needed to find a short notice replacement. And it was like five days. So like literally like I think this past Sunday was when he pulled out. Mm-hmm. And so they were looking for everybody. Um, and then uh, the semi-retired commentator, Paul Felder, he used to fight at the same weight. Yeah, He's yeah. like, fuck it, I'll do it. And it's like, dude, this guy's a fucking badass. Like, people are saying, like, he's literally going to be on the comment- commenting table. As soon as he's done commentating, he's just going to rip his shirt off. And be like, all right, I'm, I'm next. I'm next. Here we go. You know? But that's just badass, man. That would be. That would be. Yo, I need, I need to keep that. I need to keep that in, uh, in my notes because I, I need to check on that fight. Yeah, I think it's uh, uh, this weekend. Yeah, because the one fight that I do have circled, I think it's later this month, is... Curtis Blades and uh, dang, what's his name? He's one of my favorite fighters. Ooh, it's uh, isn't it Junior? No, it's uh, Derek Lewis. Oh, really? Yeah, I saw it on Derek Lewis's Instagram like two days ago or yesterday, a few days ago. Yeah. yeah. So like, that's gonna be a good fight, but yeah, that'll be interesting. It'll be an yeah. interesting fight, man. Like, there's a lot of fights. There's been a lot of good fights this year. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. A lot of good fights. Like honestly, I honestly did think Gaethje was gonna not not get Khabib because Khabib is one of my favorite fighters of all time. But like just after that first round, I thought because he, he was going to the leg kicks a lot, I was like, damn, it looks like it's working. And then second round, he did not do it once and got tapped out. And I was like, yeah, I mean, sucks. well, the thing is, like, because when Gaethje beat uh, Tony Ferguson, yeah. Uh, me and brother were talking about it. Um, and like, here's my take on it. A lot of people say, uh, Ferguson, he would, he wasn't himself. Like he cut weight twice in one month or he was preparing for Khabib and Justin's like literally the complete opposite. Yeah. And it's like, in my mind, it's not really that different in terms of game plan because for Khabib and for Justin, Mm -hmm. they're two different variations of the same problem. Yeah. Because, they're going to march forward and they're mm-hmm. going to like basically instill their will. Like Khabib's right. going to want to take your ass down and Justin's going to want to knock your ass out, you mm-hmm. know, but how do you stop that? You go forward first. And yeah, so man. like Tony, he should have marched forward first, but he just stood there he stood there. He took shots and man, those were fucking heavy shots. Like yep. just hearing them. Good Lord. I don't know how he survived, but, when you watch the Khabib Gaethje fight, it was like blazingly obvious that the only like the only way you're going to beat Khabib is to go forward. And Justin oh, backed yeah. up the entire time. Like it didn't mm-hmm. matter what he threw because Khabib went forward. And he, I'm not going to say he used my idea, but it at least validated what what, what my opinion what was. Yep. Yeah, because he really just marched did. forward. And yeah, he neutralized Gaethje with the quickness. Like yeah, Khabib after that fight looked unscathed. Yeah, like, well, I mean, he actually uh, he he said um, Gaethje actually hit him with some hard shots, and it <laughs> probably like the hardest shots he'd ever taken. But he's like, it didn't look like it, you know? Yeah, for real, it really did. And apparently, he had a broken foot. Yeah, he, he bro- yeah he had a broken foot, Dude, and it was what? the foot that he was getting kicked on, and like he just kept going forward. <laughs> Damn, man! And it's like, yeah, Dude, this guy's a different, different level breed. of badass. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's a different level. Like I can't do that. No way, man! I got kicked by a leg kick once. <laughs> not not a fan of that like i had yes. i had a brief i had a brief dream of like oh let me just fight real quick 
got kicked in the leg <laughs> once at a, at a gym. I was like, yeah, I'm not doing this. <laughs> yeah, man. Here's the thing, man. When you get leg kicked, you don't get used to it. You never get used to it. It hurts no matter how good you are and how long you've been doing it. It still yeah. hurts. Like, I don't know how he marched forward like that. That mm-hmm. was that was crazy. But um, and then you watch um his his fight with uh Edson Barboza. Oh, yeah. he got he got lit up on the leg, and he just did this. <laughs> you're just that's all you're gonna do. Like he's just throwing his hands up. Like all right, keep yeah, doing it. Dude, he's oh, just a man. different breed, man. Yeah, like I don't yeah. think anyone's gonna beat him. Like mm-hmm. no one's gonna beat him. So even if he does come back, I don't know if you've seen the that discussion. But John Jones, after he he says he's after Khabib said he was the greatest of all time, started started you know like that little tiff on Twitter about him saying oh, yeah, that. Yeah. I saw that. In your opinion, do you have a greatest of all time? See, it's a tough question to answer. Um, Everyone's got their own opinion, of course. But, Mm -hmm. like, I think the best opinion is what GSP and what Anderson said. Anderson Silva and GSP both said something very similar. They get asked, like, who's the greatest of all time? Mm -hmm. And they say um, it's a fleeting moment. You know, Mm -hmm. like, uh, GSP actually had this long list of people that were considered greatest of all time. Like he said, when Demetrius Johnson, um, when he did that flying armbar thing, oh, yeah. he was the greatest oh, yeah. of all time. Yeah. And he said, when he, like when um, Anderson Silva knocked out Vitor Belfort, he was the greatest mm-hmm. of all time. When Khabib beat Gaethje, he was the greatest of all time. You know, like when John Jones beat DC, he was mm-hmm. the greatest of all time. So like, you can't really, everyone has their moment is what he yeah. said. And Anderson basically that. said the same thing. So I, I have a similar opinion, okay. but I also yeah. believe that there are greatest, like all time greats, of course, mm-hmm. per weight class or like at least yeah. per weight yeah. range, you know, like you can't deny Demetrius Johnson is one of the greatest mm-hmm. of all time He really just is. because of what he did, you know, yeah, or John Jones, GSP, um, Anderson Silva, like, Daniel Cormier, Fedor Emelianenko, yeah. who was outside the UFC. Like, these guys have so many accomplishments. But, like, in my mind, greatest of all time, it's, like, pound for pound, who would be the best? And I think mm. there's really three names that you could look at. If everyone was the same weight, like, proportionally, I think Demetrius Johnson, GSP, and John Jones. But I think John Jones, at his prime peak, beats all three. Purely based oh, so, on the yeah. fact that, yeah, he's... He's an animal, dude. This dude's no, like, I remember. yeah. If this I, was I, back in like the medieval times, oh, yeah. he'd be a barbarian. Like, one hundred percent, he'd be a barbarian. That, like, he used to be my favorite fighter. Like when he was coming up, because I remember him like fighting Rashad Evans, whooping him, just like fighting everyone. And just, like he was like 20, oh, yeah. 21, 22, and just like destroying everyone. I was like, this is insane. Like, how are you just, just like barely an adult just destroying these grown men? And like not even yeah. a close fight. Like the only close fight I've seen of John Jones was a uh, Gustafson, the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was literally the only one. I think I think the second DC fight I was worried a little bit, but then he finished that. But yeah, yeah, that dude was. He, yeah, he's a. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, I agree with you. The thing about John Jones, um, he was super young, and he was super young in his career. I think he had been in like he'd been a pro for like two, three years. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, and to his credit, 
like the the Gustafson fight, like when are you ever going to find someone that's the same like dimensions as John Jones? Exactly. You know, so it's like, obviously he hasn't really faced anyone like that. And then the rematch, he fucking obliterated him, you know? So it's like, I mean, this dude's, this dude's an animal, but lately, lately, I don't know what's wrong with him. You know. No, exactly. Because I was just like, when is he gonna fight? But it doesn't yeah. This, it doesn't and even fight like wise, yeah, he's, he just doesn't look that good anymore. Mm-mm. Like against what's that dude? I forgot his name, but he had a hammer on his chest. Uh, uh, Tiago um, Santos. Yeah, he looked bad against him. Like, well, I guess he doesn't look bad. I guess Tiago looked really good, but I thought he was gonna lose. I really yeah. thought he was gonna lose that fight, but I mean, I I'm a hundred percent sure he lost the the Dominic Reyes fight back in uh, February. I didn't even see that fight. That was one of the fights I didn't even watch. Oh man, it was. There was no way he. There was no way he won that. Like seriously. Yeah, I. I guess you could because people were arguing like, oh, he didn't get hit, or, you know, he was like pushing the pace. Mm-hmm. He really wasn't. You know, he got like one takedown out of like eight attempts. Oh. He was getting lit up. You know, yeah. he got knocked down like twice, and Damn. it's like, dude, he just doesn't look as good as he. I mean, maybe it's a wear and tear thing because he has been fighting yeah, for so long. Forever. But man, that Tiago Santos is a badass too, dude. He didn't have any cartilage in his legs or something. Yeah, and he still like went all all those rounds and is still doing yeah. work, which was wild. He just got finished though this past weekend. Did he win? Do you know or no? No, he got finished. Oh, he, he, got, got finished. he got the yeah he got Damn, uh, yeah Glover Teixeira choked him out. Man, that sucks because I also I wanted to see him do another. Have another chance at the title after, especially. I that. think he will. Yeah. I think he will, because yeah, all he has to do is get one win, and then he's back. back he's back it. in contention, you know, because mm-hmm. it's all up in the air with with John gone. I ain't have the truth. All right, let's see what time it is. How are you feeling, man? Man, I'm feeling good. It's seven o'clock here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's only nine here, but you know. Yeah. Um, just in case you need to to continue your work, you know. Oh no, so. man! It's like, like so with me. Like what I've been doing is it's a mixture of beta, but uh, moving on to the next phase. So <clears throat> my sister, my little sister, she goes to private school, and you know, her private school they have their own like little IT department. But a lot of mm-hmm. her other friends that go to different private schools, like when they have an issue with their computer, their uh, <clears throat> their teacher would fix it like during class or after class or something like that. So what I've been doing is I've been getting in contact with like different private schools, different school districts, uh, and just trying to work out some sort of deal if they if they are doing 100% remote uh, home learning. So like all your common computer issues, we could resolve this and like we could bill the school at the end of the month, just invoice them. And so I've been meeting with like different, um, like I've been, I've been meeting with like different vendors just to, like with me, I could I can develop. I'm still pretty confident in the fact of like I can develop anything I put my mind to. It'll just take me forever to do. Like I can't I can't build something really quick. It, it's it's I just have to figure it out. But um, so what I wanted to do was build an extension on like these Zooms or um, or what is the other one? Zoom. Uh, I know Zoom is one in like Citrus Webex. So like if someone is having an issue, they can just click on like our icon and one of our professionals will be there to like work out the issue with them. So <clears throat> I've been meeting, I've been scoping out schools, just figuring out 
wants to approach. And I sent a few emails out earlier this week uh, and like over the weekend to a few. But I mean, that is my plan now. If, if I feel like if I get into like a school market um, and that takes off, like, like you said, I wouldn't need any investment just because that would be yeah. pretty much it. So like, that's all I've been working on. But like coding wise, for this past like two weeks, I've been slowing down in that aspect just because like the beta is up, like it is it's up and running. There's, I feel like I can't overshoot, just keep building and building and building without users t- giving me a lot of feedback. Because right now I'm building off of what I envision the software to look like. But yeah. that is can easily change by, you know, influx of like 200 people at once and be like oh this is crap or they don't like the way this looks or you know stuff like that so i feel like me building more code for the software right now is way too premature just because it's just it's going to be rebuilt anyway yeah like I I can, so i've been going a little bit slower on that end but focusing more on the business end which is stressful in its own right oh yeah i can imagine but like the thing is like i, I think that's the key like mm a wholesale quote unquote, you know, like to try and get like a deal with, with some, I guess like mass collective of, of opportunities. Like yeah. going to schools is, is, is actually a brilliant idea. I was thinking more in terms of like going to a business, but a school is always going to have a constant flow, especially mm-hmm. in the current times, you know, yeah. constant flow of computer issues. So I think no, that's I, actually a, a brilliant idea. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. Like businesses, like small businesses is something on my list as well, just because like on my business plan, I put them in there, but I didn't think of schooling at all just because I, I couldn't predict COVID like that, yeah. that came about and that caused that. But, and so when I saw that and I'll just talk to my sister about her school and she was telling me it's all online until like the second semester. And then I was like, Hmm, this is something I can get into. And I feel like that's, I guess that's the one thing, like when I go back and tell you how like my mom was like a badass because like she, she was a, like she raised me, my brother, and my sister, my sister is 10 years younger than me. And uh, she's 20, no, I'm 26, so she's 17. Yeah, she just turned 17. But um, but like she raised all of us in a country she has no relations with, like doesn't know the customs or anything, like solo. And like all of us, you know, doing pretty well. Like me, I'm, you know, I'm out here, my brother, he's finishing up college. I think this is his last semester. My sister, this is her last year in high school. And like, we're all like, you know, doing well. We never had to worry about food. We lived in a decent, uh, like a pretty good house, pretty good neighborhood when we were growing up. And like, she was busting ass. Like she was working two jobs at like one point just to provide for us. Like me seeing that and like showing her, like never stopping. Like she she didn't, she didn't, I've never seen her like throw her hands up and just be like, "Ah, this is just how it's gonna be. She always like strived. So like me seeing that my entire life and, you know, just seeing her like deal with that at like a young age, I was like, you know what? I can't be like a punk bitch. <laughs> like yeah. can't be. And my mom's like out here just grinding and hustling. Like I can't do that. So like, and that's what I feel like that's what quote unquote made me um, get this far just because like, like, there's plenty of road bumps that I hit along this way here. Like, Oh, I don't know how to do this or man, I don't feel like I'm equipped yet to do this, but it's just like people, I feel like well, people that underestimate what, you know, what a quote unquote CEO is or what a quote unquote founder is or what just, it's just a person with an idea that just not going to give up pretty much what I think of it anyway. So it's just like, 
Like I did a, I was talking to someone recently and, and I'll just tell them I work in IT. I'll never be the smartest IT person in the world. Like I, I like even, you know, like you can be confident, but like in, in the field of IT, like it's impossible. Like there's, there's a person like Elon Musk, you know, there's, yeah. I, can't, I can't compete with that. So it's just like with me, like, especially being in the IT field where I work at, like majority of the people I work with, if not all are is smarter than me. So like what I feel like I go to work, if I get stuck on some code or anything, I have a, literally a person that will teach me. I can just go, Hey, uh, how can I do this? And they can come over to my desk and like help me out. So it's just like, I feel pretty confident in not being the smartest because I don't think I'll ever be the smartest in the, this field. But, you know, like hard working, hard work is something, you know, that is that I guess not measurable, but I mean, it kind of is, but it's like, you don't, you don't need to be smart to put in hard work and like figuring things out. You don't need to be smart. You just have to be resilient in the sense of like, you're not going to give up because like there's plenty of times with me building this app or building the business plan or building the financial model of just like, how do I get this or how do I do this? You know? And what I read online isn't always correct. But the thing that I did read online is if you want to be a CEO or a founder, if you get stuck, you can't just like give up. You got to figure out a way. If you want to be a CEO yeah. or a founder, you have to figure out a way some way, shape or form. And that's what, and that's what made me lead to the school idea. Cause I was just like, man, it's hard for me to figure out like where people are having issues. Cause it's not like I can go to Facebook and be like, Oh, this person's having an issue on our computer. Let me message her. So it's like, it's kind of hard figuring out where people have issues at. Like I put Facebook ads and everything, but that's still not me actually going out and like getting people. So I know I have, uh, so, so I know that getting people is something that, that I need to get. Like I need to get people on the site, um, using it some way, way, shape or form. So I just had to, I just had to keep digging and keep digging and keep digging and thinking what is, uh, possible. And, yeah. and that's what led me to that idea. But I just feel like, honestly, man, I feel like anyone not anyone, but like anyone that, that had the effort to do exactly what I'm doing, you know, like I don't, I don't feel special in any way, like shape or form. I just feel like yeah. I'm the only one that I'm probably not the only one working on a, some type of idea like this, but I am, I feel like I'm where I need to be, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. Like I, it's the first time I've ever heard of an idea like this. So mm. you, you got, <laughs> you got the Charlotte market beat, you know, <laughs> Thank you. but oh, I mean, just, just, having this idea and, and following through with it, you're, you're 10 steps ahead of everyone else. You know, like yeah. I can't tell you the amount of ideas that I've had or like startups that I've had in mind that, that just kind of didn't pan out, you know? And so like just jumping on this, but also pushing, pushing the limits of it to come up with like fresh ideas and also go this, this route that again, I didn't even think of to, to actually like grab a strong, solid base for your market. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, that's, you're, you're doing more than, than the, the average person for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And like, on top of that, I really like that you're, you're talking about that. You're not the smartest guy at work and excuse me. And like, I agree, you know, I, I think one of the smartest things to know is to know that you're not the smartest in the room because then that's going to give you the opportunity to actually get to a better position, you know, get to a better point just by exactly. taking in all that knowledge, you know? Exactly. So, I and mean, like, and like, 
reiterating that. Like, uh, I met this dude, I, I forgot a story. I forgot, I was in the middle of telling this story and I totally started on another tangent, but I met this <laughs> dude and, and he, and I was telling him like, yeah, I work in IT and I'm like my first job in IT, I was a desktop tech. So I was like, you know, fixing you know, computers at a hospital. And like, I didn't know anything about that. Like they would give me easy stuff to do, like go switch out this dude's man or uh, uh, mouse or go switch out this dude's keyboard. Like they would give me easy stuff because I didn't know anything. Like, and, th- and this was like out of college. And um, so like, I, like I knew that I was like, I'm pretty humble in the fact of like, I know, I knew from then I wasn't, I wasn't the smartest in the room, nor did I want to be the smartest in the room. And so I was never embarrassed to ask. So like literally I would ask thousands of questions a day until like I move on to something else or I move on to someone else and like ask them what they learn and just like, just get knowledge like that. And going back to your point, uh, there's a lot of people that don't think like that. Like they get discouraged when they're not, when they don't know something. I'm just like, okay, get discouraged not knowing it, but go learn it. Or like, even if you're not the smartest in the room, don't be jealous about this dude that you see that is you know in the same field as you but you know so far along be like all right you see that congratulations but you know you, you got to keep moving forward with what you want you can't be you can't i don't know it's just i just i just know a lot of people that think like that and it's it's just the opposite mindset of me and it's just like yeah. i don't understand why you do that i mean I, I can relate i think it's more along the lines of people wanting quick fixes yeah. you know like especially like in something as, as complex as like jujitsu mm-hmm. where you have these, these people that come in they'd be like, Hey, I want to get to your level, but I want to do it in like this. So, so quick, you know, I want to do it yeah. in like three, four years or like, I want to get my blue belt in, in a year. I want to, I want to be like a black belt in five years. It's like, unless, unless you're dedicating your whole life to it mm-hmm. or you're just a freak of nature, <laughs> it's not gonna happen you know mm-hmm. this is this is a slow grow and it's the very same thing for like really anything in life where yeah. it's gonna take you time and you need to understand that and you also need to understand that you're not gonna be good at it in the beginning but you're gonna get better you know yeah. and it's like the only reason you're gonna get better is because you have to actually work at it you know you can't just be like i want to get better and then all of a sudden you're better it's yep. like i want to get better every single day you constantly push that message like i want to get better i want to get better i want to get better you know so i i, I get it and I, I also get the frustration because i can't tell you how many especially um because i used to be a personal trainer as well oh nice um man so many people want quick fixes like, like i, I want to be lean you know i want mm-hmm. i want to lose weight like i want to get stronger and it's like how, how quickly can i do it like <laughs> you know how long you got you know it's like real, how man. long are you gonna live is yeah exactly no and i feel like the big thing with me because i used to be really big i used to be like super overweight i used to be like 280 no 275 and i'm i'm a 58 so like that frame was not looking nice at all and uh so like right now like 195 like i'm pretty that's a good weight i'm kind of trimmed up like before covid ended i mean before covid started and closed the gyms i was like 183 and like that was probably like the way that I wanted to keep like 183, 185 and just started like building muscle again. That's what my goal was like, just the lift and like build more muscle. But, uh, so like getting down from two, like 275, 280, like a reasonable weight of like around two, like, uh, like 200, 190 took a lot of time and consistency. And that was the thing. 
when people hear consistency is key, they just shrug it off because they hear it so much. But that is yeah. literally the key of life. Like the more you do uh-huh. things, the better you get. Like I was garbage in coding. Like I remembered when I was starting learning how to code Ruby on Rails. Like I didn't, I didn't, like I was looking at the videos of me trying to learn online. I'm like, oh yeah, I can never be as good as this dude. And I was like, and like I had friends at the time. I still talk to them today. Like uh, they're, they live in Dallas, but we, we hop on PlayStation and every now and then talk. And, uh, and I'll tell them where I'm at with my company. They're like, oh man, we remember when you just started learning how to code, you were trash. I'm like, yeah, no. Like we took, we took, we took coding class together in high, in uh, college and like they carried me through that class because I was trash in coding. Like I was gonna, I was going to flunk out that class if we didn't do a group project and they just carried me. Like I was garbage in coding, but you know, consistency is key, man. Like yeah, just had to keep 100%. working on it every day. And the thing is like people always get confused with consistency and uh, constants. You know, oh, like they, yeah. when they hear you got to be consistent, they hear, oh, it's got to be constant, right? It's like, no, it's really it really doesn't like as long as you're consistent with how you do it, like the process, yep. you know, you only need to spend like, like if, for example, the coding thing, you only need to spend like an hour or two a day to figure it out. If you can't figure mm-hmm. out the small segment, you figure out the next day, you know, you, you keep exactly. pushing this, this consistent pace, not like, Oh, if I can't figure it out by the end of the night, then I'm done with it. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's like, that's not just, that's not how it works. You know? Yes. Yeah, so, like, so like 30 minutes, minutes an hour. Exactly. Like you said. Exactly. Saying. Yeah. Yeah. Eight, 100, you know, 190 pounds isn't bad, by the way. You know, I'm, I'm about 5'8", five, 5'7". Five, I weigh about 180. So uh, I wouldn't consider myself massive either. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good way. It's a good way. <laughs> oh, man. Like, man, no, because like for some reason with me, it was like when I, as soon as I stopped working out, I just started gaining weight like that. Like no, like nobody's business. I can stop working out for like two weeks and gain like 20 pounds on fat. Like, Jeez. it's just, re- it's ridiculous. I, w- I remember I went overseas for like a month and I worked out every day. Well, not every day, like maybe four times, five times a week. And uh, went back to Kuwait and uh, I still came back overweight. Like I gained like 20, <laughs> 25 pounds cause I was just eating like rice and like shit every day of the week. Just yeah. a whole bunch of, just like Arabic food, just a whole bunch of carbs. And uh, man, that, that, I put a lot of weight when I just start eating carbs. Oh man, I get it, man. Chinese food is is a lot of carbs too. All the rice and the noodles and and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. But um, I mean, I I, I guess your body type is more of like, um, was it endo endomorphic, where you 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 gain you gain fat a little bit faster. So I mean, it is how it is. You know, it's just biology. What it is, man, for real. (laughs) One question though. um, Yeah. I guess it's I guess it's you're you're in the Middle East, so it's more of a split, but. Mm-hmm. I was I was gonna ask like, would you consider yourself Asian? I mean, someone asked me that once. Like, like the way my family is set up is so my dad's American, so that's fifty percent right there. Then my mom's mom is Kuwaiti, which is a hundred percent. But my mom's dad is Senegalese, which is another twenty five percent. Yeah, and. Um, you know, technically, I don't consider myself Asian. Sometimes I don't even consider myself Middle Eastern, to be honest. It's because, like, the Middle Eastern community, like, in Memphis, well, in a lot of places. I'm not going to say only in Memphis. pretty much around the world. But it's just, it's pretty toxic, man. Like, the, the reason why me and my ex, we broke up was because, like, the relationship was great. Like, we argued a few times. Like maybe the, you know, our span of the almost two year relationship, we probably argued like twice, 
I've only like we both yelled at each other probably like once each. It was like super good relationship. It was like I was moving out to San Francisco and everything. Um, but the reason why it didn't work out, like she was Muslim, I was Muslim, you know, she was Palestinian, I was Kuwaiti. And the reason why it didn't work out because her parents were like, we'll just own you if you marry a black guy. And damn. so like the racism in the Arab Middle Eastern world, I get that way more than I get in like the white versus black world. Like I can count probably on both hands how many times I experienced racism in my life regarding this white and black. But like, yeah. I lose count how many times I dealt with racism, like within my own religion. Like it's ridiculous. Like my brother, not to put his stuff out there, but he would he wouldn't mind. He's not that religious anymore because of it. Like he he will tell you, like the culture isn't isn't good culture for black people. But he considering culture with like just stupid people. But yeah. you know, like teach his own, and uh, but like. Yeah, so, like, I don't even consider myself really Arab. Like, growing up, like, being in the States this year, I mean, this amount of years, like, I consider myself Black, but not necessarily, not not not, not like it's wrong, but not necessarily like an African-American, just because, like, I grew up in Kuwait, and, uh, like, I lived in the States. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't consider you an African-American either. You're, just, you're, yeah. you're a Black guy. That's, yeah, that's exactly. why you are, you know, you're a Black man. Um, but I, I get that, like, the whole toxicity of it. Cause like I, I said in the beginning, like Chinese people are some of the most racist people in the world. Mm-hmm. And it's true because like, um, one of my friends, you know, she's dating a black guy mm-hmm. and like her parents are a hundred percent against it. Yeah. Like, uh, like to the point where it's like, you know, she's like suffers any bit in her life, like financially or, or, or you know, like, physically or anything like that it's like oh because you're dating a black guy and it's like it's really Damn. not like that's wow that's yeah and it's you know and it's this this it's this idea like an old school idea i guess it's very similar to like the the islamic community where it's like or not even the islamic community but like um what you know what your ex-girlfriend yeah, yeah. um experienced as well for you guys is like just old school ideas where it's like they're different and you know what we see in the news is real and it's like, yeah. it's re- you know, it's really not like, man, I, I can't tell you how many times like I've had this conversation with my parents about like, you know, I've had a lot of uh, black friends going up mm-hmm. just because we lived in a, in a, I wouldn't say rough, but like definitely a lower, lower income neighborhood. So like there was mm-hmm. a lot of ethnic people there. Yeah. And so there were obviously I had a lot of, you know, black friends and like mm-hmm. their whole idea of it was like, you know, they're, they're bad people. And it's like, they're not, you know, yeah. it's, you can't be saying this just cause you think like it's, it's what you've been told. Like, that's not accurate. You know, you actually got to go out there and like meet these people and like understand mm-hmm. that like they're actually good people, you know? Yeah. So, man, it's, it's, it's a shitty world that we live in. Dude, really and, and thing, yeah, for real. And like, when I, whenever I was dealing with that, it was, it was like, that was the first time in my life where I actually felt like racism. And that was like, a few years ago, like three, maybe, maybe three years ago. And just because it's just like, if I was able to talk to her parents, like actually like on the phone or in person or anything, like I, I wanted to do that just because like, I, like not to sound cocky, I just don't feel like there's anything like just wrong with me. Just like, oh, this dude yeah. is not good enough. Just because like, I gra- like I finished college at the time, like I was making decent money. I had, I had a goal in mind and I had 
an idea of how to, I wanted to get to it with Quicksish. Like I had that and like her daughter, like I treated her well, like, um, you know, she had a job. We're, we're both going to be financially stable if it did work out. And so I was just like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm like, I told her, I was like, at the time I was like, I'll leave happily. Like, just let me speak to your parents. If they can figure out something's wrong with me, I'm like, you know, by all means, I'll, I'll walk out. Yeah. But like, if, if you can't, like, you know, we got to talk, we got to talk about this deeper. And like, I, I didn't even have the opportunity to, to even like talk to them just because like they didn't want to. And that was, that probably was the hardest to realize just because it's just like, no matter what I did, it was never going to be enough because of my skin. And like, like no matter if I did take care of my mom, like I did do take care of my family, like it's no, still nothing, still not yeah. good enough. So it's, uh, so yeah, it's, it's tough. What it is. It's rough, man. <laughs> yeah, for real, man. I, personally, I've, I've never experienced anything like that. Um, yeah. the, I mean, the closest thing I came was that experience with my friend, but also um, when I was growing up, um, my parents would always talk about, you know, like I got to find myself a good Chinese girl. Mm-hmm. And like, there's this idea in like um, Chinese culture and also like branches of Chinese where it's like, yeah. you know, Malaysian or like Singaporean, but it's like this idea of um, our own people. Like that's an actual quote or like mm-hmm. not even a quote. It's like, I guess motto. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's a bad thing to say, but our own people, you know, like you got to keep it within the, within the realm of your own people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's just it's this broken idea where it's like, yeah, sure. I could meet a Chinese girl and sure, you know, she'd be okay. But then like, I'm not happy with it, you know, and like yeah. maybe she's toxic. Maybe she's, in a, you know, coming from a bad place or whatever, or with like bad intentions and it's just like, or maybe I'm just a bad person for her or anything, whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. But then like all they see is like, Oh, she's Chinese. Yeah. That's all that matters. And it's not, nah, it's I just that man. Yeah, no, it is. Cause it's honestly, it's the same thing with like the Arab community just because like, like my friend, he's, uh, she's Palestinian and she was telling me about the horror story of her marrying her husband. Like her parents wouldn't, wouldn't want her to marry her husband even though he's Palestinian as well, but he's from a different village, like his family. I was like, this is crazy. This is crazy. And then it's cause I, I went to her to like, to talk to her about my situation at the time with my ex. I was like, yo, how can I do this? And she was like, honestly, there's probably nothing you could do. Like knowing just the Palestinians, how Palestinians are, she said, there's nothing you could do. Even if you go speak to them, give them millions and millions of dollars just to you know, you know, do anything. There's still nothing you can do. That's how they're gonna think. Yeah. That's how it's. That's how it's always been. And it's. Yeah. I mean, it's a brainwashed oh, culture. Exactly, and and that's the thing. And it's just like the funny thing about it is that, like, their the reason that she told me was that because they're worried that like I'm toxic and I'm not religious, and they're gonna rub off on her. But like my ex, you know, in Islam, like tattoos are a big sin. Like I don't have tattoos. I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to get any, but she had like, she had tattoos, you know, she was eating pork. Like she didn't, she didn't pray. <laughs> she didn't fast. She didn't do anything. So then like, and I, and like during Ramadan, we fast like a month of fasting. Like, dude, I was so head over heels for her. I was like, I don't want to go to heaven without you. So I'd fast a month just for her. <laughs> I'm just like, dude, thinking back at it now, I'm just like, man, what the fuck was I doing? <laughs> uh, you know it was uh it, it was uh it was just funny but yeah it is what it is i mean 
Yeah, that, that see that that kind of stuff just um I mean I'm I'm assuming that her, her parents knew that she ate pork or no. No, no. Okay. No, she, she I was about to say that would have been yeah. ridiculous. Dude, it would yeah, they didn't they didn't know she ate pork, they didn't know she had a tattoo. Um they didn't know a lot of things about her, but it is what it oh, is. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, it is what it is. You know, I feel like that's like that should be the name of this episode. Dude, it really it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. Oh man. All right. All right. My girlfriend wants dinner. All right. Okay. Yeah, my laptop is about to got twenty percent left. All right. All right. We'll, we'll uh, cut it here. So, any uh, you got any shout outs or sign offs or anything? Uh, um, if anyone's having any computer issues, by all means, uh, you can go to quicksesh.io, and um, you can chat with someone today. Um, all the issues right now, like any computer issue we have listed is from computer slowness, viruses, you know, installation help. They're all a flat rate of $5 while it's in beta. Um, so it's very inexpensive. And if $5 is too much, uh, we're doing free service in return of a uh, completing a survey. So, so yeah, That's so nice. if you have any computer issues, by all means, go to quicksesh.io. All right. Cool, man. Guys, that's uh, Bilal. Am I saying your name right? Bilal? Bilal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Guys, mm-hmm. wanted to make sure because I felt like you said something different earlier. It, no, I just have a, like, I have a southern accent when I say A, so I say it super long. Like, Bilal. But Bilal. Bilal. Yeah, Bilal, oh. Bilal. Literally the same. Okay, tomato, tomato. Yeah. Right, but anyway, exactly. guys, <laughs> that's Bilal from uh, Quick Sesh. Go check out his his soon-to-be full-fledged uh app i mean it's, yeah. it sounds like a brilliant idea especially with you know the modern era of everyone needing compute like having computers and more than likely facing computer issues he's he's your guy all right look him up quicksesh.io but uh, anyway guys if you guys like this episode and you want to hear more feel free to subscribe or follow wherever you're at we're on everything you know app podcast google podcast spotify uh pandora <laughs> maybe pandora um, definitely not YouTube anymore. They keep copywriting me, but, um, yeah, guys, again, if you're new, feel free to write a review. I, I could use, you know, positive reviews, negative reviews, negative reviews for sure. I'll, I'm always trying to learn. I'm always trying to grow. I'm trying to get better, but either way, thank you so much for listening. Have an amazing day. Get out there, get hungry and good luck. <laughs>